You are listening to the Hingework Podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community. Hello, welcome to the Hingework Podcast. He cut me off. I was going to do that. <laughs> it's, see, this is what we're working with. Hi, my name's Gabe McMullen. We've I'm Kent Interrupted Mast. And uh, today we have our, our special guest and good friend, Chris Conley, with us. What's up, guys? How's it Give going? Us a holla. Like, literally? Yeah. Holla, holla. There it is. Holla at your boy. That's all you had to do. <laughs> holla at your boy. Um, so, yeah, we uh, have been a huge fan of Chris for a while, and so we wanted to bring him onto the podcast. Chris, do you want to just expand a little bit on, like, how you got to Lancaster and what really drew you to the community here? Yeah, yeah, I think I can do that in less than... Yeah, you better five hurry. days. <laughs> um, yeah, my wife and I were living in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We were a part of a church up there, um, and we're working both part time at the time because we had just moved to Pennsylvania. And I had worked for Apple, like Apple Retail, amazing company to work for. Um, I would drive all the way out from Harrisburg to Lancaster. And over time, I just fell in love with Lancaster through that process, going on lunch breaks, interacting with the community that would come into the store. Um, We're actually originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia, both of us, which is just a big suburban sprawl. And I feel like Lancaster was in total contrast to the things that we had grown up in. And so there are a lot of things that we really valued about the city. And so we decided in, I think it was April of 2014, uh, to make the jump and to move uh, into the city. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you kind of just like dove like headfirst in the community here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I, it's kind of funny. You just meet people that are are awesome sometimes, and mm-hmm. one of those people was Josh Kiggy. Yeah. Uh, my wife worked with Josh at a coffee shop. and Do they work at Starbucks together? Yeah, I didn't want to name drop the name well, Starbucks, you know. It's so corporate. It's totally fine. It's no, so corporate. Josh, you know, I wanted it to be way cooler than Josh Starbucks. Josh is like, he's he enjoyed his time there. Yeah. Well, anyways, Josh Kagey, who is a very, you know, well-connected mm-hmm. uh, yeah. young man in the city, was like, hey, you guys should come over to our place. We have these, you know, gatherings. And so Leah and I, um, Leah was newly pregnant at the time, and mm-hmm. we were trying to build community in a new city. We were just, you know, down for the yeah. cause and jumping into anything we could wherever people would invite us. Yeah, and we, we would start going to those, um, and they were incredible. There'd be like seventy-five people at his house playing volleyball. On like a, a lot, lot of our night. age. Yeah. Um, and then another, I guess, to kind of dive in even uh, deeper too is a big reason we moved from Harrisburg to Lancaster was I really felt like I wanted to start pursuing business. Mm -hmm. And I had looked up SCORE, which is uh, the small business uh, like mentorship program in Lancaster and wanted to start taking classes with SCORE so I could, you know, as a, you know, 26 year old start developing some of that vernacular and uh, yeah, those skill sets required to be an entrepreneur. And when we moved to the city, I immediately got connected with Mark and he had a, an event called the gathering, which was a gathering of, uh, yeah, business owners, uh, in the kingdom. And it became, yeah, just like a cool little launching pad into that community as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, safe to say we dove right in. Yeah. We, we met the right people at the right time and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, proceed yeah, them. It really does feel like you've 
kind of been here forever. Like, I don't know how to put that yeah. other than what Gabe said. Like, I just feel like a lot of people know you, you know a lot of people. And it's just really cool because you bring so much community wherever you go. Like, I... Uh, you bring I felt all your, like yeah, you bring all your friends yeah. from Virginia Beach up here. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like true. I knew you before I knew you, just yeah. because of interactions like with Tyler Martin, and then even more recently, really starting to talk more and hang out more, and mm-hmm. um, just realizing, wow, like man, like you're just you're so like upfront, like you mm-hmm. you just are who you are, like you're just Chris yeah. Conley, like you're all in, kind of wherever you're at. And so I just love that. Yeah, thank you guys. Goodness mm-hmm. gracious. I love this podcast. Yeah, like, this is an incredible <laughs> we just, podcast. We just shower guests. Well, yeah. this <laughs> Everyone is, sign up. <laughs> this is good cop. Bad cop's coming. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> yeah, well, do you have the notes on bad cop? I was wondering why. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was wondering why Kent was wearing that outfit, but. Well, we don't need to tell the viewers that. <laughs> uh, it's all black. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things that we like, kind of wanted to talk about, like what it's like being a father and being a creative, both of you guys are fathers. Um, you have one daughter and another one on the way. Mm-hmm. And Kent, you've got two sons. Um, I think mm-hmm. you guys can kind of lead this conversation since I don't really know what that's like. So first of all, we need we need to really clear some things up. Margo. Margo for president. What year presidency is she going to like take office? I guess she's three. How old do you need to be to run? I think 20? 40? No, it's no, 30, is it? 35. Is it 35? I was going to say 35. Okay. I don't know that. We should know this, guys. Civics. And you, you should know this. Oh, I should know this. You're our guest. Dang it. Either way, just go to margoforpresident.com. You'll get all <laughs> the information you need to know about signing her petition and for her of, campaign. And all of the images necessary for her... Uh, cute overload. Run. Yeah, her campaign so run. So cute. Yeah. Honestly, that was one of the things I was... Cutest daughter ever. Yeah. Like... Just the pictures of her at like passenger when she was like one to two years old, adorable. Right. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, awesome. it's been really special being a dad. I've wanted to be a dad my whole life. And uh yeah, Margot is a really, really special little girl. Mm-hmm. So it's been just an honor and a privilege. Number one to parent with Leah, but just to be her dad mm-hmm. and to kind of be that that world for her. Um, but I guess in regards to your question, you know, what's it like to balance creative and fatherhood and stuff like that? I think it becomes almost easier when you're a dad in ways and harder in ways. Kids are so ridiculously creative. Margot is constantly on a stage. She's constantly painting (laughs) or coloring or doing something that is creative. It's like just always on her mind that that's how she plays uh even just her imagination she might be doing dress up or something like Mm -hmm. that you know and uh when we had margo i had actually just started going back to school for uh graphic and interactive design and it was just such a yeah it was so sweet at times because i'd be able to like take my homework quote Mm -hmm. unquote you know my creative homework and do it with Margo, you know, mm-hmm. Hey Margo, we're going to work on spatial relationships with circles, <laughs> <laughs> really geeky, nerdy design stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and she would have so much fun with it. Obviously yeah. it was hard to, you know, get a one-year-old to mm-hmm. do anything, but yeah, just kind of bringing her into that process almost made creativity more pure for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, it kind of brought it back to a place where it could be less about my ego and more about, uh, kind of just putting my hands to something and, and having fun with it. I don't know 
there there is an element of creative work and creative professional work where you do need to serve your client uh and you know you got to kind of remove the fun sometimes too but I don't know. I, I've specifically while I was in school is really special to see that happen. Mm. And even now it is too, you know, Margo will peek over my shoulder if I'm working from home and stuff like that. And she'll be like, daddy, what are you working on? What, what pictures are you drawing right now? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So yeah. I think it's been a joy in a lot of ways. I don't know how you feel about it, Kent. I feel like the, I mean, having to provide for a family aspect and being, uh, you know, running your own business and stuff, it is super, challenging i don't know how often i would say that that's like the at the forefront of my mind as much as it's more of a back burner thing like right okay yeah like a slower season does affect things or like okay what does this look like to Mm -hmm. to be at home and have stuff that i could be doing right but but hey right now i'm home and i'm i'm dad i'm husband and there's these things just on the back burner and things. So I honestly, I'm still working through that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's still very much a like feeling of pressures or anxieties or fears or things. And, and just going like, okay, like this does not need to dictate my life right now. Like my home life or my interactions with my family. So still working through like, like that, like trusting the Lord in that. Yeah. Um, but totally agree, you know, with everything you said, Chris, just like the, the fun uh, that kids bring, like Kai just runs around and will mm-hmm. like... He loves Legos, right? He loves Legos, which is so exciting because I loved Legos <laughs> and like got all of them from my mom and was like, I need my Legos. Yeah. And he like picked it right up and just plays with them and active imagination, mm-hmm. which is pretty challenging to me to be like, you know, you could have more of an imagination, Kent, like as an adult, like yeah. falling into patterns or fear or just stuff. And seeing him just like run off and like literally be talking to himself in his own world, like creating worlds out of like Legos and Play-Doh and like he's just making up stuff as he goes. I'm like, wow, he just has this like raw gift. Yeah. I wish we all could talk to ourselves more (laughs) without getting looked at weird. (laughs) You should should start working on like video projects with that, like make a a short film out of Legos with him. Oh boy, we could do that. It would... It well, I used this to might do, be a rabbit trail we shouldn't go down. I used to do <laughs> stop motion Lego mm-hmm. videos. Nice. That's what Mike that's a what lot. Mike Schmucker started with too. Really? I'm not like in high that's school hilarious. he was doing those, yeah. I was doing them in elementary. All oh, right, let's goodness. not compare. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> love Michael, love yeah. you Michael. Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, that's where mm-hmm. that began. So no, I think to your point though, Ken, it, it is interesting. There's kind of like these two sides to uh, work, whether you're in creative work or any type of work, there's, I think there's things that we can, you know, we learn from, we glean from, we get excited about hopefully in our workplace, you know, whether you're an accountant or a designer or mm-hmm. I don't know, CEO of a company. And I feel like, um, we can learn a lot from our kids and our kids can learn from us, but there is this thing, I think as a father, at least I, I think I really align with you on it, Kent, where I'm like, there's this thing in the back of your mind where you're like, okay, well, <laughs> am I going to get another contract next month to be able to pay the bills? Mm -hmm. It's really fun to draw with Kai right now or with Margo right now, but I need to be the provider too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's been interesting trying to balance that specifically with like freelancing and whatnot, where Mm -hmm. you're doing more contract based work for people. What what does it look like to build consistency and longevity to your business? Um, 
and not bring that home all the time because mm. it, it is your own business you're mm-hmm. you're the marketing director you're mm-hmm. the designer you're the you know seo guy mm-hmm. you're you're everything you know yeah, depending like on whatever startup. service you're providing yeah exactly um and that that's a lot you know i find myself i was kind of thrusted into freelance in in ways um and i, I find myself now like sometimes i have to like literally close my eyes and be like, okay, I'm going to put my dad hat on now and I'm just going to focus on Margot or I'm going to put my husband hat on now and I'm going to just, you know, come alongside Leah and help her out wherever she needs it and be with her and be intentional with her. Um, It's easy for me to process through right now, but I don't, I'm not very successful at that all the time, but that's my heart. Um, I think, yeah, there's so many beautiful things about freelancing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to, come in to work at two today mm-hmm. and I'll work late because I have that flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I can, you know, take my work with me on vacation. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, perks about that. But there's also, you know, it's it's interesting trying to like draw those boundaries and lines in mm-hmm. the sand, uh, especially in business, right? You yeah. feel like you always have to say yes if you want your yeah. business to grow. Yeah. And I feel like what I'm learning uh, is... I'm I'm learning how to say no in order mm-hmm. to protect uh, you know my family more, protect Margot and Leah more. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, tell me a little bit about your creative journey. I know you've been at several places and done several things. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, that's broad. <laughs> no, uh, I guess so. Currently, so I guess people probably don't know, but I'm a. I don't know how you're going to tell people, but I'm a, a designer and. I, I would say I'm a, a jun- I'm a de- I'm a designer that sometimes develops more designer than developer at this point in my career but um, yeah how I got here is kind of yeah it was a roller coaster which I feel like a lot of creatives uh, go on um, early on I actually always wanted to be in a creative field I wanted to be an architect growing up and yeah, I mean, my whole childhood was just, I can, I have very vivid memories of just like going to town, drawing buildings, uh, you know, painting all the time, playing with Legos, like we talked about earlier. And yeah, I think it's just always been a big part of my life. You know, I always think in terms of creative. Um, uh, you know, somewhere along the way, that kind of just got like snuffed out. I don't know necessarily the specific moment, but I I do know that there was a point in time in my school in my schooling where one of my baseball coaches essentially was like, "You need to make a decision. Do you want to pursue these things, or do you want to pursue baseball?" And at that point, I only wanted to pursue baseball. It made me popular. Uh, I thought maybe girls would like me because I was good at baseball. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I made the decision, yeah, to kind of just like lay it down for a while. And I didn't pick up any type of like creative thing for quite some time. I actually, uh, the only thing I can really remember is in eighth grade, my parents got me a drum set for mm-hmm. uh, Christmas, which I was so excited to get. I'd wanted to be a drummer for a long time, but you know, what parent wants to get their kids? drums to just wreck shop on i got a snare drum in third grade just a snare drum just i know (laughs) not even the it's just the just yeah it's just a snare and like years later my my dad was like oh we would have bought you a full drum set if you had asked i'm like what kid wants (laughs) just a snare drum (laughs) (laughs) and then you get into high school and you know a couple of your friends start playing guitar a couple of them think they have good voices (laughs) and next thing you know you have a couple bands and it's just hilarious Mm -hmm. Um, 
but that kind of like reignited this like second phase of my creative journey where I was, you know, playing music and writing music with my friends. I was in multiple bands. Um, I even started, you know, I went into band in high school, like the actual band class and stuff. So I was reading music, writing music and stuff like that on a like music theory level too. And then I was also helping with like, you know, doing all the album artwork, any merchandise, which at that type, at that time was just horrible, horrible screen printed shirts that we yep. would do in my buddy's garage. Uh, we had an awesome little music scene in Virginia Beach. Uh, there's places like the Blue Carpet Garage and like uh, the Norva and, you know, the Jewish Mother. There are all these like really fun little venues. The Blue Carpet Garage was literally a garage with the blue carpet mm. in like a suburban housing development. <laughs> and we would have like on Saturdays, we'd have 10 bands come to play. It was so much fun. Uh, the Screaming Females was like maybe the most popular that came Ooh. through. They were like on the cover of Spin a few years back. It's like claim to fame. Nice. I got to see them. I didn't play with them, mm -hmm. but I got to see them. Anyways, um, yeah, so that was like a really fun little stage, you know, through high school, playing shows, you know, making merch, uh, working on my MySpace site for the band. Mm -hmm. it, it was exciting. Um but it still wasn't necessarily like a, like a huge, huge part of my life. Baseball was still the focus, you know, it wasn't, wasn't anything that I thought I could like pursue wholeheartedly. Um, drums was just a love of mine, you know? And so, uh, you know, high school ends, you go into college. Uh, I thought I was going to play baseball in college, mm -hmm. but I ended up getting injured and, uh, hurting my left knee. Um, so that just, kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit with baseball. So it was kind of like this dream that was like unrealized. I was super disappointed in. Um, so the only thing I thought to do is to pursue music. That was the only other passion I had in my life. So I went to school for music industry. So it was a program where we focused on audio engineering and then also the, the business side of things too, which I was excited about. Apparently drummers don't make a lot of money in the music industry. <laughs> so they're like, you better learn the business side. You got to make yourself, uh, you know, a unicorn if you want to, you know, make some money in the yeah, music industry. Well. Um, so I was in that program for two years, uh, kind of pursuing music as like as a possible profession. And that was awesome. Writing music, recording music, yeah. engineering, producing, learning the ins and outs of the industry. Um, but, I, you know, there's always this dream that you have in the back of your head. You're going to find that band that you're a part of and your guys are going to be so tight knit and you're going to, you know, get on a label and all that. And I think you know, if I'm really honest with myself, that's what I really wanted, you know, when I went to school mm -hmm. for that. It wasn't, I don't want to be the guy who's sitting in a dark, dark studio, you know, mixing projects late at night. Um, you know, that's just not what I'm into. Yeah. It's not what I'm uh, passionate yeah. about. I am a, you know, a, a true extrovert. So I would go insane with that. Um, but then I met the Lord in college too. So that was another thing added on top of this. I'm, you know, experimenting and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life now that baseball is out of it. And then you throw this huge paradigm shift, this huge uh, kind of worldview, like switch into your life and just everything changes. So um, I found out my program was going to be cut from ODU, Old Dominion University, and I like freaked out and I changed my major a few times to like physical therapy and physical education because I was like, well, I like, yeah, I could be a PE teacher. You know? <laughs> I like kids and uh, 
you know, back then I didn't have the dad bod. So yeah. I was like, I'll do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, side note, side, uh, side note, uh, my baseball coach, uh, in high school, Pete Zell, Pete, if you ever hear this, uh, thank you so much <laughs> for everything he did for me. Uh, I always thought he had the best job cause he taught, you know, he taught weightlifting at school <laughs> and then was the baseball coach. So he had a full-time job teaching weightlifting, which was pretty much just him staying in shape yeah. and making sure kids <laughs> didn't kill themselves. And then, you know, teaching ba- baseball. or coaching baseball. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was always like, that's, that's the way to do the it. Dream right Guess to wear basketball shorts every day. Mm. Yeah. Guess to wear a hat to yeah. work, you know, like a ball cap. Man, so awesome. Yeah. So I changed my major all these different times and I finally just decide, I think I just need to take a step back. I don't think this is for me. So I take a step back. I I drop out of school. I, w- I was getting into debt. It just it didn't seem wise. And so um, I moved down to the oceanfront with a bunch of guys. And one of the guys that moved in with us was this guy, Taylor Greenquist. He was a bassist. Uh, he went to Virginia Tech for architecture. So I was, I was excited about that as a little kid. You know, of course, I loved architecture. Now I get to meet a dude who like went to school for mm. it. Um, but he ended up being my roommate. We moved down to 16th street at the oceanfront and man, he's, he's one of the most creative guys I've ever met, uh, for his like thesis paper, quote unquote paper in school. He wrote a book called the last house of the nomad. He like did all these awesome screen prints for it. You know, he made all these beautiful 3d models. His, his brain just thinks in this, like in another world, you know? And finally I found someone that I could kind of like jump in that with. And he like totally welcomed me. You know, we would talk all the time about like architecture. We talk about like the creative world. We talk about music all the time. He was really excited because he was like, oh, my roommate is going to be a drummer, you know, so we're going to drum. So we, we did, we had a little jam spot at the house. Um, but over the course of like us living together, there came up multiple conversations of like, what are you trying to do? At that time I worked at Apple, but I was, you know, dissatisfied. I was, I was leading young life. I, I was doing a bunch of different things. I was playing uh, leading at a couple churches at that time too. And it was just like, I was all over the place. I was super stressed and like, you know, trying to figure out who I am. And Taylor was like, dude, the thing that I see you get most excited about is like design. He said this, I guess this is back in 2008, yeah, 2008, 2009. So it's kind of crazy thinking about how long ago that was now. But, uh, he was like, specifically, I really feel like you would be an incredible industrial designer, which, I don't know if you guys have heard of an industrial designer before, but they're like the people that are responsible for like helping design and manufacture like all the products around us, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you go into your kitchen, you pick up your teapot An industrial designer is the guy who probably like sketched out that teapot and made that a reality. He knew about the materials and helped work, you know, to make that something or like the person who designed your adidas shoes gabe (laughs) long story short we moved to knoxville tennessee my i got married moved to knoxville tennessee and i was playing drums at like a worship night and a guy comes up to me at the worship night his name is matt culver and he teaches uh he's he teaches in the school of architecture at the university of tennessee specifically furniture design which I thought, oh, it'd be so cool to go to school for industrial design and focus in furniture design. Mm. And so he, in trade, he was like, why don't you teach me how to play drums? 
And I was like, I don't want to teach you how to play drums. Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, please teach me. And I'm like, fine, I'll teach you, but you're not paying me. He's like, well, what can I do for you? And I said, what do you do? And he's like, well, this is what I do. And I was like, well, why don't you teach me how to make like a chair or something <laughs> like that? So I went through the process of like trying to make a chair with him, which we it never actually happened. We saw all the individual pieces and we mocked it up. And then I never came back again <laughs> because <laughs> making furniture is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Oh, man. <laughs> But through that process, I bought like an, my first sketchbook in 14 years. Mm. I bought my first like pencils in 14 years. Mm. And I started sketching again and getting excited about like this world, this greater world of design. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily specific to graphic or, you know, animation or architecture or anything, but it, it just kind of, I was awoken into this like world. So, um, pretty soon after that, I just started like diving into to everything that I felt like I was missing out on. Uh, I started, you know, reading books that Taylor had recommended me that were about like architecture and like the, the like conceptual thinking behind like urban planning and building a space and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. And then, yeah, it, it kind of just like steamrolled into like graphic design, which is where I started to focus. You know, I, I worked at Apple for almost eight years. So my life was software. My life was teaching people how to like use these digital products. And it kind of just made sense. I was like, Oh, I already know all this software and it's like building, but in like a different landscape, I'm applying the similar principles just in a different landscape. And that is kind of like how that journey came along. My first freelance client, quote unquote, was my sister-in-law, Brittany. She was rebranding her wedding photography business, mm -hmm. which she was really successful um, and was just kind of like refining some of her packaging and really trying to take it to the next level. And she showed me what like some of the designs her designer were work was working on. And I looked at him and I was like, wait a second, that's a free font. Like, no, you can't use a free <laughs> font for your identity. Like you are an incredible wedding photographer. We need something. Ref you know, I just started like railing her. She was like, all right, so you got the job, you know? So I'm, <laughs> all right, Chris, yeah, calm down. I'm pretty sure you she paid me it. like a hundred or 120 bucks. I, I forget. It, that's great. At the time I was like so excited. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. like a dream come true. Mm -hmm. um, and that literally like sparked everything, you know, it was like the, you know, the buried embers were, you know, ablaze inside of me yeah. to kind of just like go after, uh, this thing that I was passionate about. Oh, people actually can make money from this. It's not mm -hmm. like drumming where you need to like strike gold. Like I can, you know, I can, I can do this, you know, yeah. a lot of it was relational. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I, yeah, I love that. Like your whole story is really it's about creating, but then just trying to find sort of like the medium, like even in creating community, mm -hmm. like you just do that so well, like mm -hmm. everything that you do, it seems like it's about creating and cultivating and just like kind of like assessing the raw matter to work with mm -hmm. and like then just going and working with it and doing yeah. it. And so then it's like you kind of come across design and it, it just gets more and more specific as you go in your story. And now you're like, it ignites, like you right. said, Right. Yeah. I think I, I don't want to talk about Taylor Greenquist too much in this podcast because <laughs> you guys should have him on. He'd be a great person to talk to, but Let's go. He, mm -hmm. he was one of the first, like he's a young man, he's our age, but, uh, he was one of the first people I was ever around that was super intentional, intentional with like each thing he did, the words that would leave his mouth, the things that he would do like with his time, with his money, 
there was this like element to designing his life that he applied, you know, and, and that followed into his faith, into his relationships. Um, and I, I saw something that was really special there and I saw a lot of fruit from it. And I think that's where some of that mindset for myself has come from is where like, why, why do we limit our creativity to this one thing in our life? You know, whatever that one thing Mm. is, um, we, I think all of us, every person on the planet is creative. And I feel like, you know, there's a voice that needs to be heard there on all levels. You know, right now I'm geeking out about film. I've never made a video. Well, I've made one video in my entire life. (laughs) I just made it actually. Um, but like, (laughs) yeah, there's something again, like if we return back to, you know, talking about our kids, like there's something so fun about experimenting, uh, and, and like kind of jumping into this world. But I, at the same time, now that we've matured a little bit, I get really excited about the process and the intentionality and the diligence it takes to create something special. Mm-hmm. It, specifically when you're applying like design principles or methodology to your life, you know, mm-hmm. how do I design a good marriage, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or how do I, how do I design healthy community and friendships? I don't know if the, design doesn't mean formula, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, to me, it's like embracing the process. So I think that's where we, I've seen fruit in my relationships and community and stuff. So <laughs> other thing too is uh, when I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, the same sister-in-law who like hired me for my first design yeah. job, her husband, Nathan, is one of the most in- incredible guys I've met. He, the way that he like runs his business is is friends first. You know, you've probably heard people say, you know, don't hire your friends, don't yeah, hire yeah. your family. You know, like you don't want to do that. You don't want to stir that pot up. And Nathan operates his life in, in a totally opposite fashion. He only hires his friends. He only hires his family. He loves empowering the people around him that yeah. he cares about most into places of influence and authority and, uh, that was a huge shift for me, you know, in, in regards to, to networking specifically is I think our relationships are that that's like so much of our life, you know, our whole life is relationship, relationship with, you know, friends, you know, uh, and acquaintances, relationships with our family, our parents, our, our children mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, um, but being around Nathan made me realize, Oh, I can start to connect the dots for other people too. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, you know, the, the rising tide will raise all the ships. Yeah. So if I kind of go in wholeheartedly to these places and think about how everyone can win, everyone can win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that's been pretty cool. Um, just even being in Lancaster. Cause I feel like, so, I mean, we're sitting outside of a co-working space and I joke about it all the time. There's like five or six photographers and videographers in yeah. there that technically should be in competition with each other. You know, in any other city, they would be, yeah. I feel like. And um, here, what's really special is it's it's a community of, of people that are kind of supporting each other. Yeah, yes. yeah you've been um, on um, a little bit of a journey even now. Um, right. Just like towards freelance more and more. Like right. Speak a little bit to that because you've been yeah. in like retail positions. Yeah, and, my whole life, and, I feel like. And all along, Holy moly. people have kind of been seeing these things that like God has really been doing the whole time <sighs> of like, hey, come on, like really do this. You're so good at it. You're so talented. You're so gifted. Right. And there's been, you know, you, uh, right. Not full throttle, uh, but just, yeah, maybe yeah. just bring us no, on the journey. No, that's, no, that, thank you. Uh, yeah, so 
retail, I started working on so early. You know, I, I my first retail job, I was like 15, working at a skate shop called Funky Beat. And <laughs> I don't know, when you work at some place for, not a yeah. place, but in a field or industry mm-hmm. for a long time, there's definitely like some comfort and yeah. stability yeah. and yeah. safety that's formed there. You know, especially at Apple. I had an incredible you know, job at Apple. I I worked at three different stores. I worked there for eight years. You know, I would never say anything horrible about it. You know, I I tell everyone it's definitely worth working there. Um, But at the same time, it it was crippling in a sense. You know, over the course of those eight years, I worked freelance a lot of them, you know, doing just little side projects here and there. Um, I mean, Nathan, my brother-in-law, he sent, he would, he bought me an iMac and sent me to a a development conference called uh, an event apart in DC. It's like the biggest development conference, uh, maybe in the world, but definitely on the East coast, like things like responsive design and, uh, came, came from like these places. And, um, so many people have just like dreamed and fed into like my heart to do creative work. I mean, my family all the time extended and immediate have just always been like mm. on, on my team and not to mention all my friends. Hey, Chris, I need a website. Hey, can you help out with this? And th- and that's carried me into current season, which mm-hmm. is a lot of the same. You know, I went back, finally went back to school after figuring out like, okay, I'm, I'm 26 and I really do love design. I've loved it for a long time and I'm willing to put the dollars forth to kind of, uh, you know, build into myself to be able to kind of take it to the next level. And so right after school, literally I, like two, two weeks, uh, after graduation, I got hit with five freelance projects mm-hmm. and it was incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have a website up, didn't have a resume. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing. I was just like, done with school and I just got hit up for a bunch of projects and that has kind of steamrolled into so much of like where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like w- even just with the first freelance project, it, it was a big project. It was working on an identity for a, a home remodeling company that does like high end home remodel close to Philly. And it was a huge project. And I felt like, man, I, I this is what I love doing. I am like sewing into uh, this person's dream, their business, their, their baby, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. I'm able to slap skin on it and help them pivot and move into a place that is going to elevate them or mm-hmm. uh, help them move the ball forward or closer to where they want to be, you know? And I, I, I would even say the same for you, Kent, like just sitting down with you, working on your, like some of your commercial stuff. Yeah. Man, there's these like moments where I would sit back in my freelance work and be like, man, this is awesome. I'm, I'm like really coming alive here. <laughs> and so, yeah, a lot of conversation has been like, is this what I want to do? Should I do this? And like, I feel that yeah. pull of like, what about the safety and stability of your, your job, you know, <laughs> your, your like day job of right. Apple or whatever it might yeah. be. I actually, uh, left Apple last summer. I went to go work at a store called Ellicott and company down, downtown Lancaster. Um, and I thought that was my big step of faith. I really did. I was like, here we go. I'm jumping out. This is it. Game time. And then the next week I was like, you know, working the register and, you know, doing everything at the store, which it, I mean, it was an incredible experience. I got to run, uh, I got to sew on my friend's dreams, you know, mm-hmm. their, their passion to start this retail store. And I got to do a lot of creative, manage the website, do, you know, 
conceptualize and help creative direct photo shoots. I got to, you know, throw events and handle marketing. Like I got to have a lot of autonomy and influence in this specific role. But at the end of the day, when I was getting hit up for all these other projects and, and at night after I was at work at this retail store, guess what I was doing? I was working on freelance projects for, for these different clients that I had. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm still in process on that. But fear is is something that I feel like is always uh, in our face. It's always in our face as we live life. You know, it, it might come in different waves and in different forms, but there's like that giant that has to come down. You know, and I've I feel like finally I've gotten to a place. You know, and uh, I'm excited for for 2018 because I feel like I'm aware of that giant in front of me, and I'm just ready for it to fall down. You know, to step out in places in my business of risk and faith to see. You know, what what can happen? What can happen mm-hmm. if I really so in full time mm-hmm. to what I'm passionate about. Yeah. I feel like that's a big question everyone's asking, whether it's freelance or you want to be a doctor. Like, what if we gave ourselves to our passions and just went for it? You know, mm-hmm. what 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 could happen? You know? Yeah. This is why community is so important in all of our journeys. But like I know we've kind of experienced this funny thing where there's been times where I've encouraged you to step out, but then there's also been seasons of me going you know for as like put together as i can look or sound or whatever there are these times where you said fear is right in front of you and you just go i do not know the way forward i don't know what to do i feel so paralyzed right um maybe just tell a little bit about like some people who have actively kind of pulled you out of those times and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and kept believing in you and saying like no chris like i know you kind of want to fall back into this into the retail or whatever but like forward like you're a dreamer you're a designer right i I guess the first person that comes to mind is my incredible wife leah conley i I guess the first thing i want to say is leah is an incredible incredible creative herself she's an incredible writer uh she's really able to kind of digest a lot of like crazy concepts and and Mm -hmm. put them to words and she's a great painter and you know, she's been able to, in her current season, pursue what she's passionate about, which is motherhood. And that's been a dream of her heart realized. And I think she's seen me struggle with that stuff. I think, you know, going back to being a dad and wanting to provide, it maybe has stifled mm-hmm. some of the the steps of faith I've wanted to take. But the whole entire time since even before, even when we were just dating or friends, she's always encouraged me to just take risk and step out. Um with my music she did she was like oh chris you should do this you know go drum here mm-hmm. go do this reach out to these people and now she's doing it with my design work um i mean she's the person who's like hey why don't we just like go full-time freelance and i'm like well what about our savings account <laughs> what, what about uh <laughs> there's no 401k in uh yeah. freelance work babe <laughs> but she has been my champion like through yeah. it all you know yeah. she believes in me more than anyone else she, and often you know when i don't believe in myself she's the one who's cheering me on so uh, she's obviously the number one that comes to mind um i think about yeah a lot of my friends and family i think about my mom you know as silly as that might sound my mom's been my champion since i was like you know born so uh whatever like crazy idea i had she was on my back but she's she's on it with design stuff too she's always asking me you know hey how's work going what projects are you working on how do you feel about that um i think about like mark buckwalter mark has been Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah mark's been incredible i think uh, there's been, a, I feel like he has a lot of authority uh, 
at least in my life in regards to like speaking on freelancing creative and, and really to even be more, uh, kind of aerial with it. Just talking about faith. Uh, Mm -hmm. he has five kids. Mm. Uh, (laughs) yeah. You know, he's married and he's a, he's a freelance commercial photographer, wedding photographer. And, I've had so many conversations with Mark that are like, I don't know, man, what about money? You know, what about this? What about that? And, you know, I I almost forget I'm talking to a guy who's been doing this for a long time and has like story after story after Mm -hmm. story of ways that, you know, it's, it's worked out. And I think that's, that's been just uh, such a joy for me. And I feel like, you know, same with you guys too. Um, you know, Gabe recently, even just within the last year, right. Jumping out, you know, going into full-time freelance and just even your story of like, yeah, I kind of like lost my job and had to freelance. It was freelance or die at that point. And it's just kind of cool. I feel like kind of the testimonies of these little stories just build so much, faith inside of me Mm -hmm. to like take those steps. And so, you know, uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, Nathan and Brittany and uh, Katie and Sean, those guys have been incredible too. Uh, And my brothers, I have three brothers that are always just dreaming and scheming about stuff. But these are people that are not just going, Hey, do it. You know, my brother-in-law, Nathan's like, Hey dude, here's an iMac. Uh, (laughs) Hey dude, I'm paying for you to go to this conference. Wow. Or Brittany is like, Chris, can you help me design out this thing for my site? Or, you know, can you work on this album, Chris? Or, mm-hmm. hey, why don't you pitch to us for our next brand identity for our band? Like, there, yeah. Yeah. that's that's the, the thing that I think is really awesome about community is not only do we have an opportunity to be uh, encouraging verbally, but we can we can put skin on it, you know? What, what an opportunity to, like, jump in and dive in and, and do something special with each other. Yeah. Uh, Nathan often talks about that scripture where am I allowed to talk about scripture on here? Uh, please. Okay, what was cool. that? What yeah. is that? Come I'm on. sorry. That was a lack of faith. Don't you let Mark ask me that. No, don't let Mark know. I said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you guys have all heard that scripture storing up your treasures in heaven, yeah. you know, and it's interesting. It's an interesting like little sentence, right? Storing up your treasures in heaven because they're the only thing that's eternal on this planet are people, you know, that's, that's what we're, called to. That's what I get excited about. And that's what people have done in me. They've just sewn into me and sewn into me and sewn into me and believed in me. And yeah, just kind of helped me direct me, you know, to this place where I'm able to be fully me, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I can't, you know, thank them enough. And I think that's, that's a huge part of being a freelancer. We were talking about it earlier. So much of being a creative, being a freelancer is not just like living on your island. You have all the creative solutions in the world and people come to you to, you know, solicit that information. You know, it's much more collaborative, even as an an independent contractor, you know, it's a lot of conversation, a lot of critique, and it's a lot of people sewing in, uh, whether like with, constructive criticism in a negative sense or Mm -hmm. throwing down in other different ways too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think that's all of a part of it. So that's so good. Yeah. It makes sense. I love it. Well, we cannot thank you enough, Chris, for your time together today. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe we should just pray for you. We've never done this. I just feel like we should do it. You pray for me so much. I love it. I love this podcast. I think this is the best. Yeah. So, Lord, thank you so much for Chris and the, the desires and dreams and the vision that you've placed within him to be a 
to be a dreamer, to be a designer, to be who he was created to be. And um, we just ask that you would continue to pour into his life encouragement through people to keep surrounding him, keep um, pouring out wisdom and guidance and creativity and people to encourage him on this journey. Um, we thank you that he's not alone, that you are mighty and powerful and able to um, equip him and bring him through the seasons that feel scary or the fear of stepping away from like retail and full into freelance. Um, but just, yeah, ask that you would just make him a rock, just give him a solid foundation. Um, and we thank you again for his community and just the energy he brings to everything. Lord, thank you for uh, Chris and just the um, influence that he's had in my life over the past few months. And just, just thank you for uh, the encouragement that he brings um, and the people that encourage him along his journey, his wife and his friends. Thank you for um, the support that he just constantly gets. Um, and we just uh, pray for just like incredible guidance as this new season of his life kind of unfolds. Uh, there's so much fear of like not really knowing what's going on. And we just pray for um, your vision and like your path to be laid before him in that um, as he walks it, Lord. Just name, amen. 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 Thanks again, Chris. Thank you. Bye. No problem, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hingework Podcast. Hingework is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster, PA. Find out more at www.hingework.com.